Hi, this is Kimbers. Welcome to Passage Now. So I really wanted to get this project moving, but actually what I realised it needed first was this episode zero. So it's not quite in the style or flow of a typical first episode or indeed how subsequent episodes are going to be down the line with friends and guests coming on to explore really specific elements of our current human experience. This episode is more about me laying a foundation, explaining the context and detailing the ground from which this project wants to emerge from. And I also kind of want to explain a bit about why I wanted to do Passage Now, so offer up what my intentions are and also look at possible outcomes. So I see Passage Now as a kind of process-driven project, which is fundamentally about facilitating connected dialogue, bridging perspectives, normalising certain conversations, real chats. So not just the type that are recorded for an app, but the kind that happen and are happening in real life right now and moving forward. So there's an intention to acknowledge that there might be some element of self-censorship happening when we want to have conversations about our current situation and to bring people together in the physical to work through some of those types of themes um, in a kind of experiential, educational and most importantly, open-hearted and open-minded way. Maybe also kind of a bit experimentally, I might add. But the podcast, um, I feel, is a really good place to get the ball rolling. Um, And I realise that when we consider different perspectives and particular higher perspectives, that there can be a tendency sometimes to abstract our experience or conceptualise our experience so much that it kind of no longer feels really relevant. But I feel like with intentionality in this space that I really want to remain anchored to an embodied human experience. And I think that this is a line that we can walk successfully. So I've split this episode into two halves. So this is actually the first half is the intro, and then there's going to be a separately recorded meditation, TBA. (laughs) And I do recommend that you have a listen to that meditation. And it's all about... um, what I'm calling the middle ground meditation. It's this really beautiful, uh, unconditionally accepting and embracing space, energetic space that we can go to when we feel we need to drop into a space like that. So anyway, I'm gonna explain a bit more about that later on. But first of all, so what is going on? (laughs) What is the context? Well, I think it's highly improbable that you don't partly know from where this is all emerging from because COVID-19. Yeah, coronavirus, uh, it arrived in our lives a little over a year ago now, which is insane. And we've certainly been put through our pandemic paces. I mean, we have been locked down, isolated, confused, anxious, uncertain and plenty more. We've witnessed together the kind of cultural changes that ordinarily take 
a decade or more to manifest happen in mere months. And for me, when I like feel into it, I feel like there's a sense that we're kind of chasing our tails somewhat. Like we're still attempting to catch up to ourselves or meet ourselves in the right moment of self-understanding in this huge context of a pandemic. And although there has been endless amounts of time, it's also moved lightning fast. Paradoxes abound. So it was all entirely unexpected. We didn't have time to prepare. And we're still kind of fully in it, feeling our way as we go. The COVID-19 has been this great catalyst. For me and for Passage Now, it's about exploring what aspects of transformation are being provoked by it for the highest good of all and focusing our efforts there. For me, two main headlines sit underneath COVID-19 and that is paradox and polarisation. Ultimately, I want to approach both of those themes as important evolutionary lessons. Lessons that are being gifted to us right now by COVID-19 in powerful, paradigm-changing ways. There has been much described about this period from a higher, more spiritual, esoteric perspective. It's been called the Great Awakening, denoting an expansion of planetary consciousness. It's also been called the Great Turning In, which describes this powerful period of self-reflection related to a subsequent raising of consciousness. And I certainly have witnessed in my own world around me people going through different processes of assessing their entire value system and shedding what's no longer in alignment to it. So I've observed a few different types of awakenings this past year. And although they all look different, they do all share a single characteristic, which is that there was a movement towards or action taken of some kind that enabled them to live an aspect an aspect of their life more authentically, often following an unexpected event or conversation or happening, and I include COVID-19 in that, right? Which delivered a painful realisation about where they were not being real with themselves. But what does it mean when people say awakening anyway? Well, for me, it's really, really simple. It does not require any kind of spiritual exclusivity at all. Honestly, it just means that an awareness of self is emerging. The truer self underneath the masks that we wear or the survival strategies we adopt, the attachments we unconsciously keep. Initially, the true self makes its presence known by making life feel really uncomfortable, making all those things that we once greatly valued and that made us feel safe, feel empty. Often there can be pain as we realise the hollowness of our life or perhaps how we have abandoned ourselves in the past and this pushes us to orient our life around what feels real, what feels most alive, honouring what we really truly feel inside our heart so it's an awakening to the authentic essence of ourselves outside of any normative societal or family conditioning around who we should be, what we should do, how we should live and who we should be in connection with. 
So this is the profound benefit of this last year, a collective shift into greater authenticity. Interestingly, this period has also been called the great splitting of humanity, denoting this idea that there are kind of two levels of consciousness that are moving further from each other. And I guess they can no longer kind of coexist, I guess. And I'm really not so keen on this, although uh, it does really align well with me wanting to talk about polarisation. But I'm not keen on it because, I don't know, those that are talking about the great splitting, maybe I need to find some different people who are talking about it, but the ones that I've seen um, seem to me to have a bit of a see you later, mate, attitude. Um, And as I will talk about more in a bit, I, like many others have some sensitivities around division and judgment and I certainly don't like to see it being normalized in the spiritual scene but the great idea uh, the idea sorry of a great splitting of consciousness is is a really interesting one so if we stay with the notion that we are all connected always through consciousness itself then we can work with what appears to be a split And this is kind of what Passage Now is attempting to do. It's an approach, an issue like polarisation, and use it as the fuel for our collective evolution. Collective being the operative word here. Not to use it to justify an ongoing split or ongoing division. This is not a see you later mate situation. So what this enterprise needs therefore is to understand What are the mechanisms and systems which maintain inauthenticity and polarised thinking, both conceptually and materially, so we can create and work with a middle pathway that transcends them? So, before I get real deep into polarisation, I want to give a shout out to Paradox because Paradox is kind of great, isn't it? Um, It's that which completely bends our mind, right? And I kind of enjoy that sensation of when something just cannot be reconciled by our reason fully or our rational mind. And sometimes I think that reason can do with being taken down a peg or two, quite frankly. And Paradox does exactly that. And also with some subjects, it kind of imbues everything with a beautiful depth and mystery, like ourselves, like we are teeny tiny finite human beings. And paradoxically, we are also infinite divine beings with expansive, omnipotent powers. And everything about our existence is paradoxical, really. But especially if you feel connected to something beyond this reality, the absolute as that which transcends these paradoxical material realms, where you can feel connected to the place beyond mind, where all of it makes perfect sense. Kierkegaard once described it as believing in the strength of the absurd, and I love that so much, and it really does sum up the nature of paradox for me. And the pandemic itself really is paradoxical on so many levels. A really, really simple example is, you know, on the one hand, we have had this building up of community spirit with these 
brilliant mutual aid groups and an outpouring of support for one another. And then on the other hand, we've had those maybe more ready to tell on their neighbours for breaking lockdown rules. And that's the kind of energy that feels like we cannot and should not trust or lean on each other. Both hold truth, yet contradict one another. Both are valid, yet oppose the values of the other. Which leads us nicely back to polarisation. So, polarisation then. Personally, as I've kind of already mentioned, I struggle a little bit with this kind of stuff. And I know I'm not the only one. I'm pretty energetically sensitive. Uh, probably the understatement of the century. And sometimes it feels it can be useful um, because I kind of feel the kind of toxic energetic structures that sit behind or lie behind polarised behaviour. And I guess I'm talking about hate and um, there has been a lot of hate going on as a result of differing viewpoints, theories and belief systems connected to COVID-19. And again, this type of behaviour is not necessarily new to our human experience, but it's being amplified by coronavirus, pushing us further into divided thinking. So whereas once before, we may have had pockets of polarisation connected to specific ideologies, we are now en masse collectively having a shared experience, which means that each one of us is occupying either consciously or unconsciously, a position on the COVID-19 spectrum of thought. So imagine conceptually the spectrum as a really, really long line. At one end, we have those that might be considered alternative theorists. And it's worth just interjecting here to be really clear that I am being purposefully careful with language. Because language is everything. And I feel conspiracy contains implicit and invalidation of thought. And a huge part of the ethos of passage now is that all thoughts, ideas and beliefs are welcome and valid here. When we validate all thinking, we are inviting in open conversation. When we invalidate, we resist and shut down opportunities for connection and thereby perpetuate polarisation. This feels really important and so I can only hope that it also resonates with others. So we have our alternative theorists at one end and then at the other end of the spectrum line we have those that I'm going to describe as theorists who have maybe a more traditional take and approach to COVID-19. So essentially we are all theorising beings right now, thinking about COVID, what it is, how best to manage it. Everyone, and I mean everyone, has something to say about it. So we have this COVID polarity with two extremities which lie very far from one another. And it's very hard with so much distance in between to like hear what each other is saying properly. And if you have seen the comment sections on social media and the internet, then you've probably seen these two polarities at war with one another on like a daily basis. And it isn't pretty. There are, of course, a fair few difficulties in attempting to draw the two poles or ends together. So one of the stumbling blocks 
is that for me, they are heavily reinforced by their own respective normative echo chambers. So an echo chamber is a singular way of thinking or a perception held that is shared by others, which as a result reinforces the singular way of thinking or perception held. So all perceptions of truth found up and down that COVID-19 spectrum, that line, have their own related echo chambers. And if you've seen The Social Dilemma, which is a really interesting documentary, it highlighted the mechanisms specifically of social media and the internet. Um, If you remember, it explored how, in part, what we scroll through online is just coming through a filter made just for us, based on the data of what content we normally engage in, and it just reflects more of the same back to us, thereby reinforcing our own position on that spectrum of thought. And it kind of reminds me of that classic saying, we are what we consume. Or put another way, we are being handed an algorithmic identity. When a sense of self or self-identity emerges as a result of hanging out in an echo chamber of singular thinking, whether that's online or in real life, it's not only really difficult to separate the true self from the position on the spectrum, but it's really painful to do so. And this is because when our beliefs form part of our identity, we will defend our thinking, come what may. So levels of polarisation are justified to the max, and there's no recourse to an alternative. In a worst-case scenario, this incites superiority of thought, as the other is dehumanised, and history tells us that this eventually becomes a source of oppression. But what feels nice and good about a sense of self-identity that's rooted in an echo chamber? Well, we feel safe because we belong somewhere and we know who we are in relation to and amongst those who think the same as us. There is safety and sameness and we can identify who the other is easily as that which represents a threat to our sense of self. When did we lose the capacity to listen to another's opinion without perceiving it as a direct threat to our own personhood? Here are a few more key questions we can ask of ourselves right now. Am I in an echo chamber of thought? How tightly am I holding on to my worldview? Do I believe my version of truth is the only version that matters or is correct in some way? And there is no need for self-judgment when we reflect on such questions. They simply precipitate an opening, a curiosity or an energetic allowing of something additional to enter a perspective. What is palpable right now is that there is real fear present. Over a year ago, the world became tangibly more unsafe for everyone. And we can't underestimate the impact that that level of sustained fear has on the playing out of collective and individual unconscious shadow strategies we use every day just to get through life. In a way, these echo chambers are like little safe havens. So finding a way to work with them with empathy rather than against them, which would only build up more resistance, 
is vital. The COVID-19 polarity runs super deep. And this is because for many people, the fact that others have a different way of thinking represents a tangible threat to the life of the self rather than just a conceptual identity-based one. So I wanted to do this project as an offering that would soothe both my own and other sensitivities around hate and division, rebalance the scales and explore what a middle ground might look and feel like as an alternative to life lived in these two extremities of thought. Mary Allison says that the polarisation society is going through is a hallmark of mass awakening. The polarisation will become more vast over the next few years and is not a dark omen hinting at societal collapse, but a symbol indicating that a new collective consciousness wishes to be born. I have mentioned before that what is really being asked of us right now is to learn and template new ways of listening to each other, new ways of relating and of holding space. What kind of methodologies do we need to devise that enable us to meet one another in the middle? How can we all feel held and safe in a diversity of thought instead of sameness? Is it even possible to draw the two poles together in a compassionate meeting? How do we stay mindful of the subtle trap of othering those that occupy a different position on the spectrum to us? What do we need to learn about why humans behave the way they behave in order to generate more empathy? These questions represent our North Star, guiding our learning forward. This is a period rich in possibilities, related to what we can learn, to how we can grow and stretch into ever-widening perspectives. This is a significant time in the evolution of our consciousness, in the evolution of the relationship to self, to love and to others. And yes, this is a humbling rite of passage to be here for, because it ain't no picnic. But in order to be present for all of it, we must find a way to hold the intention to honour and embrace the totality of all perceptions of truth. And I'm pretty grateful, actually, to have a real mixture of thinking and feeling around me in relation to COVID-19. And interestingly, quite a few people that I know, I would probably place somewhere in the middle of that spectrum. But the influences of the external world keep trying to plonk them in one end. This is one way of organising our reality that seems quite innate to humans, but it ultimately shuts down conversations. As people feel yet more deeply pushed into their own version of reality and its related beliefs, these divides will increase. Perhaps eventually something will crack open. Perhaps it will be the heart of humanity. So I also just want to quickly talk about the middle ground. Um, I'm cultivating and, and developing a middle ground meditation, which will come online very soon. Um, but basically, it's this kind of, it's both a conceptual and an energetic space. So for me, it's real. Um, and it's a sweet spot, okay, that we can land in. So the middle ground is essentially the home of passage now 
and of the conscious observer. And for me, I'm really trying to cultivate um, the quality of a conscious observer of what's going on um, as someone who's not feeding the polarity, who's not feeding these extremities of thought, but wants to just hold a quite a neutral, all-embracing space, okay? So the middle ground is a real soothe. If you're finding it all a bit too fraught and too stressful, too noisy, fundamentally too divided, if you're finding that energy difficult. So I've been dreaming into it as this kind of really lush, green space and we can just go there with our intention and hang out there and feel ourselves calmed cleansed and activated by virtue of its unconditional vibration and it's really important to note that the middle ground is not comforting because it keeps out all the noise and humdrum of the world which is pretty loud at the moment it is comforting because it does the opposite it allows the noise from the two extremities in the two poles to meet in the middle and it embraces all of it. It accepts all the perspectives, thoughts and feelings of the world unconditionally. When we are in the middle ground, we are invited to simply allow all of it to be present without wishing to change it, delete it or silence it. This unconditional embrace of the totality of the world is at the root of real love. This is divinity in intention. So when it's ready, I recommend hopping on over and exploring what the middle ground means for you. We're going to be working with the activation of the higher heart. And we're also going to be looking at recognising that in order to embrace the totality of the external world, we start with embracing the totality of ourself. So one last thing before I sign off um, and please, because I'm really a bit too excited about this little tech function, um, but you can actually leave me a voice note on the Passage Now um, podcast link page, um, which I can actually use in a future episode. Um, so you click the Anchor FM link or you can head over to Passage Now on Instagram and you can find the link in the bio there. But basically, I love a voice note and I would also love to hear what you think. Feedback, suggestions, critiques, challenges. And, you know, I would just love a few more voices in the mix. So finally, if you have made it this far with me and you're not actually my family and you're still listening, um, I'm shocked <laughs> but delighted. Um, so thank you so much for lending me your time and listening. Be well and be well in all the ways you can be well. Big love. <laughs>